up and driving when the sun goes down the hum of 18 wheels Lord that's a lonely sound I spend all day chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time now it don't Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries, and we've got an awesome program for you. I know you're going to enjoy it today, and you're going to want to get more copies of this, so give us a call, 618-383-2107, or log on to lonesomeroad.org, or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back, listen, and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels turning from town to town. There's so much I gotta see. I gotta look around. I got diesel smoke rolling from two chrome stacks. My address is 408-414. A big blue Mac. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. Welcome to today's program. We got an awesome program for you today. We got Jim and Ann Davenport, JNA Ministries, and they are with us today. So I want you to do me a favor and give them a call at 281 636 5100 as you listen to the program today. Here's Ann Webb Davenport with Come Let Us Celebrate. Second proclamation, you're soon to sell 
celebrate Soon your king will come My will on earth be done So come now to my feast I paid the price, can't you see? This banquet is a gift of life from me Come let us celebrate Come let us celebrate stand up here all day and give testimony after testimony after, but I do know one thing, and I don't know about y'all, but I can't even walk without him holding my hand. Cause I can't 
preacher down in Alabama <laughs> and that was back when I was drinking the old Budweiser and, and having a good time in the world and I was standing out in my front yard one day and I, and I had this old Budweiser in my hand and I was working in a flower bed and this car drove up in my driveway little Volkswagen and they will forget it <laughs> and he was got out and he was dressed in the suit and the fender was about to fall off the car. <coughs> but he walked up to me. I thought he was an insurance salesman. And then I saw the Bible. <laughs> I said, oh no. <laughs> well, i tell you what. I'm just going to do the, the little poem that I wrote about this man who led me to the Lord. And it tells the whole story. And this it's exactly the way it happened. I was standing in my yard one day. I was drinking my old bud. I had a hoe in my hand. I was digging in the mud. When I saw a car coming down the street, turned in my driveway when he got out he was dressed real neat and then I heard him say won't you come and go with me to hear about God's word I'm the preacher down the street and this is what he heard well no thank you preacher I'm doing just fine drinking my old bud and when it comes to church I draw the line and I kept digging in the mud but he wouldn't give up he kept coming day by day and every time that he'd get out this is what he'd say won't you come and go with me to hear about God's word I'm the preacher down the street and this is what he heard. I told you preacher, I'm a man of my own. I don't need you coming here. Well, I just sit at home alone drinking my old beer. But he wouldn't give up. He kept coming day by day. And every time that he'd get out, this is what he'd say. Won't you come and go with me to hear about God's word? I'm the preacher down the street. And this is what he heard. I can't go to church with you. A sissy I would be. And every time my friends came by, well, they would laugh at me. Well, the very next time that he came by, 
He didn't invite me to go. Instead, he said something else. And he began real slow. He said, Jim, I wonder, would it take more courage to go down on the corner, have a beer with your friend, or to stand on that very same corner tell them about Jesus how his love began so you see my friend a sissy you won't be because it takes a man to serve the Lord and I hope that you will see well when he was gone I was alone drinking my old beer I got to thinking about his words they brought a little cheer. Well, I knew I was hooked on the words he said. The preacher had done his job. I went to church that Sunday morning to hear more about the man called God. I thank you, preacher, for not giving up on this old sinful man. Because you were out doing your job, I'm headed for the promised land. Won't you come and go with me? I was the drunkard down the street. But now that I know what the Lord can do, life sure can be so sweet. share one more song if I may. Uh, this is a song that uh, the Lord gave me. I kind of lived it too. It's sort of a testimony. I had a Christian coffee house for six years and there was uh, many, many people got saved. We run about a hundred on a Sunday night. And, you know, when you're doing something good for God, the enemy attacks you, right? You start getting under attack. <laughs> and so if he don't bother you, you know, uh, you're probably not doing anything right. So you know, he, he'll, he'll come against us to try to stop the work. And so that's what he did with me. He, uh, I found out my son was on drugs. My daughter uh, had gotten away from the Lord a little bit and she was pregnant. Found out my husband, this was my, my late husband, found out he'd been running around on me. I mean, the, the church had a split. I mean, anything and everything that you can think of to go wrong, it was just like boom, boom, boom. It seemed like we can handle one thing, but when they come at us over and over and over. And I got so uh, uh, despondent that I just, I, I, I left town. I just wanted to get away and, and um, I didn't forgive. You know, you gotta forgive people. If you do that right away, you can get over things. But I didn't, I was bitter, I was hurt, I was angry. I felt like, God, I've been serving you a long time. You know, I've been trusting you. And, and, you know, I was feeling sorry for myself. I was in having a pity party. And for two years, I was in this pity party. And I, I just, I felt like I, the, the, the longer I stayed there, the, the further down I got. The further, uh, the more alone I, I felt. Uh, and, I, and I was not ready to forgive. I was not ready to, to let the Lord handle it. I thought I could take care of it myself. I thought I could handle all this stuff. I can handle it, you know. We can't handle it. We can't handle anything. And we need to go to God. And we need to trust Him in all the things of our life. That's why I'm sharing this. Because it kind of goes along with the word the Lord's given me today. But I came to a place where I said, God, does anybody care about me? You know. I was still just wallowing in my self-pity. And the Lord said, I care. Put your trust in me. Amen. I care. And so when I began to, to, to let him speak to me, he told me my sin was bigger than their sin <laughs> because I knew better. I was a minister and I should have, I should have turned it over to him right off. But so I, this is, song's kind of like a confession. But once I turned it over to him, he put all the pieces back together. He brought my husband back that had been backslidden. My daughter was, is, she's, she's the backup singer on my CDs now. And her daughter is, you'll hear her, probably hear a CD about her. She says, uh, cry out your heart for Pete's sake. That's my granddaughter from, that came from my, from my daughter. And 
her daughter. And so God just can bring all those things back and just put all the pieces back together. But we have to put our trust in Him. We can't lean on our own understanding and our own wisdom and take care of it ourselves. We can't handle it. We have to let God. Put your trust in me. And we have to be like a little child and put our trust in Him in all things. the Lord. So good to be here. <laughs> uh, I want to share with you today um, something the Lord um, laid on my heart and I taught, I was, I was blessed to share at a, 
at a baccalaureate service. And the Lord gave me this message about wisdom because, you know, starting out, we need to uh, have God's direction. So this is what I was sharing with them, that, that not to lean on their own understanding. And if you will turn to Proverbs, that's where it starts. In Proverbs chapter 4, well, ch let's start at chapter 3. Proverbs 3, 5. I'll go ahead and read while you're turning there. It says, you all know this scripture anyway. <laughs> Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. I used to think that was three different things. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. But I've, I've learned that when we try to be wise in our own eyes, we're not fearing the Lord because the Lord says the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord, right? And that's an evil way. When we depend on our own understanding and our own knowledge, then we're walking in pride, and pride's one of the biggest sins that there is, right? So we need to shun evil by not being wise in our own eyes, but putting our fear and our trust in the Lord. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Um, Proverbs 8 and 1, if you will turn there, it says, Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights along the way where the paths meet, she takes her stand. On the heights, when you're in the high places, you need to ask for God's wisdom, right? Along the way, in our, in our everyday walk, in our ways of life, we need to ask for God's wisdom. And where the paths meet, she takes her stand. There's a crossroads. I believe that's what that means. There's always crossroads in our life. We, we'll go along, we'll be uh, doing our, whatever we're doing, you know, just, just walking our, our life out. And then all of a sudden, there's a, there's a crossroads. And we don't know which way to go. And many, many times, if we depend on our own understanding, we're going to go the wrong way. We're going to take the wrong path. That's at those crossroads in our life, especially when we need to say, God, which way do you want me to go? Which way, Lord? And he might not always, he does not say, acknowledge him and he will tell you that moment what to do. It does not say that. It says, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That's very significant because we don't always hear something immediately. You know, I hear people, they'd say, well, I've been praying and praying and praying and praying for God to direct me. What, what does he want me to do? What does he want me to do? And I said, but trust him. Ask him to direct you and then walk according to the way you feel the spirit is moving you. That's what he says. He will direct you. He's not going to always tell you everything. Thank God he doesn't. But he will direct us according to his word. If we will acknowledge him and we will ask him, he will direct our paths. So it's important to acknowledge him on those things. And it says, um, the Lord said to me during this time, warning these, uh, these youth <laughs> uh, uh, that there is a, this is, this is a day that knowledge has vastly increased. You know that. And we're living in the computer age. And the youth know the computers a lot better than we do. We were asking about a certain program. They said, uh, well, just turn it over to an 8-year-old and tell them what you want. They'll set it up for you, 8 <laughs> or 12-year-old. I mean, kids know those computers. But the Lord spoke to my spirit. and He said, there is a danger in that. Because the more we depend on outside knowledge or even computers, and they're wonderful, don't get me wrong, I'd hate to have to live without one. But we can't get all of our direction through a computer. Amen. God is smarter than Google. <laughs> I mean, he really is. He knows more about what he wants from us than Google can't tell us what God wants Amen. for us in our life, right? And so we, there's a tendency, a, a danger, if you will, of, of having too much 
wisdom on our own. And God warns against this over and over, but he wants us to have the wisdom of God. He wants to be able to direct our life because he may have something totally different than we ever thought of. And many times I have gone my own way, just like that two years I was talking about. I've done it my way thinking I can handle my own things and I can do my own things and I end up going nowhere or going downhill. If we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap corruption and we're going, to, we're going to reap a lot of hardships. But if we will trust the Lord and let him direct us, then we won't, we won't have to worry because he's going to do it if we will really trust in him. And all through, um, well, let me just share a testimony right quick. While I was teaching and learning about this, about God's wisdom, I had an experience to put it into practice. As my late husband had, uh, had uh, he, he was a diabetic and he had a bad heart. And he was, he had, he had let me drive one day because he started feeling bad. And so we were out going out to lunch. And I got over in the driver's seat. It's a good thing because a few moments down the road, he just keeled over. Just stopped breathing. And I, I was testing, you know, I for just a while, I was panicking, but I was trying to see, and he was not breathing. And I didn't know what to do. I knew he was a diabetic. I didn't know. I'm not a doctor. I had no, I didn't know what to do. And there was no hospital around right at that moment. And what do you do in a moment like that? I just said, God, give me your wisdom. God, I need your wisdom right now. What do I do? And I was digging in his pocket for his, uh, uh, what do you call those things you for when they've got yeah, nitroglycerin. And I thought he was having some kind of a diabetic thing, but it wasn't that. And I was digging for those, and I stuffed one of those in his mouth, and I was saying, God, I need wisdom. What do I do? What do I do? And without even knowing why, I doubled up my fist, and I just hit him as hard as I could across the chest. And, when I, and, and I thought, I mean, instantly I thought, why did I do that, you know? And he took a breath like that when I did that and then he slumped back again so I thought well it worked one time I'm going to try again and I whopped him again real hard and he took a breath again and to make a long story short 15 minutes it took me trying to get my daughter on the phone to find out where the nearest hospital was and hitting my husband at the same time and trying to drive you that 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 takes a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the lord or something but i kept hitting him for 15 minutes and and when we got where we was going I rushed in the emergency room, parked as close as I could, and ran in and hollered for some help. They were just taking their time. I said, my husband is not breathing. And they just came out there finally. They said, he's not breathing. I said, I told you that. And I'm hitting him, you know. <laughs> and she's got him on the ground doing CPR. And Anyway, we get him finally in the emergency room, and they put him up to the machines and all that. To make a long story short, he needed a valve replacement. And they said that the opening was smaller than a pen. And that doctor said, you practice the oldest form of CPR known to man, and that's the only thing that saved his life. He said, when they're that far off, that far gone, usually we can't even revive them in the hospital. But see, God gave me the wisdom. I did not know what to do. So it, it, just, it just really blessed me that, that I cried out for God's wisdom. But he will give it, and he will give it. we got to have it fast sometimes <laughs> in that circumstances we had to have it in a hurry and I began to keep on studying about wisdom and you know I, I was sharing this in a church in um, a danger field and you know it says she it goes on to say she is more precious than rubies she's more to be sought after she 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 right and the pastor after this service he said to me why do you think God used of wisdom in the female gender of course I he was a friend of mine and I was used to cutting up with him so I just said because we women are smarter than you men you know <laughs> and we had a good laugh I knew that wasn't true you know but I I got away and you know God has a reason for everything he doesn't do anything by accident he has a reason for everything so I got to thinking about that and I started praying about it I said God why is it you had a reason you had a purpose in, in doing this, why do you refer to wisdom in the female gender? And 
if you look at it, there's also other things. Israel is re-mentioned uh, as a she, and the church is mentioned as a she. And so the Lord says to me just so clear, he said, it's the female who gives birth. It's the female who gives birth. And what he was saying is, what, why is the, is the church referred to as a she? Because she births people in, right? People are born again. Being born again has to do with birth. And, the, and Israel birthed, uh, the, you see that, the woman who gave birth, you know, to, to 12 nations. And so he said, it's the woman who gives birth. So that's why God's wisdom is spoken of as a she. It doesn't have anything to do with men and women. It has something to do with birthing power. And so our wisdom is that's so different. It births something all right. Sometimes it births death, right? And even talks in, in I believe in, in um, Proverbs when it talks about the foreign women and what they do and they will produce death and don't go into them and don't do this. I believe part of that is talking about uh, the, the wisdom of the world and our own understanding and our own knowledge. It will lead us in paths we don't want to go. And it will lead us in paths of death. When we start leaning on our own understanding and leaning on our own wisdom, then we're, we can be in trouble. But God wants us to depend on Him because when we start asking for His power, then it's going to birth life. Amen. It said by God's wisdom, he birthed, he birthed the world. He spoke it into existence, didn't He? By His wisdom, He said, let there be light. And there was light. And by His wisdom, He caused all these things to, to be. I was just telling our brother earlier that... That, that in my studies that I that I everything that God created he spoke it by his wisdom everything he spoke it into existence he, you know, the moon the stars the universe everything was spoken in his wisdom it was created from life from the words of God from his mouth came forth birth forth life and the only thing he created was man that with his hands we're special <laughs> you know you're special to God. Amen. He created you in His likeness. And he created you with His hands. But everything else came from His wisdom. And so how important is it to seek His wisdom? To seek His life? If we want to see something uh, birthed forth in power, then it needs to be, it needs to come forth from God. It needs to be, be have life and let me just read a, a few of the scriptures well let me just tell you the opposite of that if you want to start at the beginning with with uh, uh, Adam and Eve Satan came uh, to Eve and and he he had her begin to doubt what God had said and he tempted her to be wise right he, he God didn't want you to do this because he knew that that you would become wise and she took it because she, she wanted to become wise. Satan failed because he wanted to be like God. Men that, that lean on their own and want all this wisdom of, their, of their, themselves, they get, we fall into a sin. So we have to be cautious that we don't lean on our own understanding, that we don't want to be wise in our own eyes. It says that... Um, when pride comes, comes disgrace. Proverbs 11, 2 says, When pride comes, comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. The fear of the Lord teaches a man wisdom. Humility comes before honor. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Do not deceive yourself, 1 Corinthians 3.18 says, If anyone thinks he is wise by the standards of this, this age, he should become a fool so that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. He catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord says the thoughts that the thoughts of the wise are fruitful. So we... We, we all like to think, well, we know a lot. There's a lot of people that li like to think they know it all. 
<laughs> we know someone that we call him the encyclopedia because he's so smart. <laughs> and he knows a little bit about everything. Well, thank God for, for the Lord choosing foolish and, and insignificant people like me. You know, uh, Gary says, I'm just an ordinary man. But those are the people that God chose. He chose fishermen. He chose, he chose tax collectors. He chooses the weak things of the world to confound the mighty, doesn't he? Because he wants us to lean on his wisdom. He wants us to be dependent upon Him and not on ourselves. That's, these are the people He can really, really use. That the people that says, I, God, I can do nothing without You. I can do nothing. I'm a child. I can do nothing without You. These people He can use. But the person that comes along that thinks they're so smart and they're so wise and they're so self-sufficient, God can't use them. And they wonder why they fail, why things go wrong, why, you know, this happens and that happens. Because they're leaning on their own understanding. You know, that in, in the Jewish, at the Jewish festivals, the Jewish woman lights the candle because it was a woman who brought light into the world. Another reason why it mentions she, the she, uh, the woman gives birth. And so God's wisdom births power. God's wisdom births, births life. And so what do we want to birth? We want to birth forth death or we want to birth life? Do we want to seek after God's wisdom or do we want to lean on our own understanding? It should be easy. We should, we should want, I want, I want to see something happen. I don't want to just trust my own knowledge and walk in my own understanding. I want God to move. And so... He says, uh, let's just move on to, um, I want to keep you forever on this, but uh, Proverbs 9, 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And through, through me, the Lord says, the days will be many, and the years will be added to your, to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you will alone you alone will suffer. Do you want you want your life to be extended? Well, I guarantee you when we start seeking God's wisdom, he promises he will even extend our life. You know why? Because he will give us his wisdom on what to do. He'll give us his wisdom on how how we should live. And by doing that and by leaning on that instead of our own, we we find out that that he, he increases our strength, he increases our ministry, he increases our, our wealth, he increases our life. Even, the, even our years are increased if we will just acknowledge him in all of our ways and let him direct our path. Um, one other scripture I want to get to, and it's in James 1.5. And you all probably know this too. James 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, do you lack wisdom? <laughs> I, think it, I think it should probably say, All of you lack wisdom, so, because we do. We lack, nobody is wise enough on their own, really. Nobody should lean on their own understanding. We all lack wisdom. We lack God's wisdom we're talking about. We're not talking about knowledge. We can, we can learn all kinds of things. We can Google anything and we can learn. We can go to college. We can have knowledge of almost anything. But if we really want the life-birthing, power-birthing knowledge, we have to go to God and we have to trust Him. And this is the knowledge that He's talking about and the wisdom He's speaking of. If any of you lack wisdom... He should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given him. I, I've tried to dig into this a little bit, and it's like, if you lack wisdom and you go to God, and it may seem something very simple, but God's not going to mock you or say, you stupid thing, why did you ask such a silly question? Right? He's not going to, to find fault. He's not going to upbraid us by saying, you shouldn't ask such dumb things. God will, wants us to come to him in some of our ways, a few of our ways, or all 
of our ways. In all of our ways, he wants us to acknowledge him so he can direct us by his wisdom and his power. And he says, if you lack wisdom, we should ask of God who gives generously. I need a lot of generous God's wisdom, don't you? I want him to give me his wisdom generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given him. But when we ask for this wisdom, we must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea tossed and blown by the wind. That man should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and unstable in all he does. So again, I go back to when we acknowledge him and ask him for his wisdom, we may not hear anything, but if we will trust that he's going to direct us. And I say, God, I need your wisdom in this. God, I need your direction in this. I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know. He's the only one who knows. How important is it, for instance, that we, we let God choose our mates for us? Man, I, I, I wish I could have chosen my children's mates because all they looked out at it was the outward appearance. And, you know, they think beauty or this or that. They look at this. They look at that. And God tells us as Christians not to be unequally yoked. And if we will let God choose, he will choose right. When my first husband passed away after 46 years of marriage, I was a single, single for six years. I said, God, I don't want anybody unless it's somebody you have chosen for me that would be right for me. I mean, I, I'm, I just soon stay single forever. And he brought Jim Davenport to me, the perfect person for me. But God will do that. And he knows, he knows us. God knows us. He knows our likes. He knows our dislikes. He knows what will make us happy. He knows. And so why do we trust ourselves in anything? You know, why do we lean on our own understanding? He knows what, we'll, what we're supposed to do tomorrow. We don't. He knows what you want. He wants for this business of yours and, and mine and all of ours. And when we think we know, we can get into trouble. But if we will ask him, and when we ask, we say, God, I need your wisdom. And I lack your wisdom, and I want to do what you want, not, not what I want. Lead me and guide me. And yes, Lord, I receive it by faith. I receive it. I trust that the Holy Spirit is going to guide me, is going to lead me, and is going to teach me. And I submit to that. I submit to Him, and I trust that you're going to do it. And I receive it, Lord, by faith. And not go off and say, well, I hope this, I hope that. God says, no, you won't get it if you have that kind of an attitude. He wants our attitude to be, God, I'm asking for your wisdom, and I'm trusting that you're going to guide me in your way, the way you want me to go. And I know that if I ask you, hear me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk, and I know you're going to guide me and trust, trust in him. Trust in Him with all of your heart. That's what He wants. And He won't let you down. He won't fail you. We fail ourselves and we fail each other, but God won't fail us. And His wisdom will birth power and might in your life and increase your joy, increase your finances, increase your health. Bring health to your bones. Did it not say that? It would bring health to your flesh and to your bones and that He would increase even your life. So God's wisdom births life. Let's let him birth life in us. Hallelujah. And ask him to receive it. Thank you. Hello, Jesus. Yes, it's really me. After all the wrong I've done, Lord. I guess you're surprised to see me here at your altar like a beggar on bended knees who's come here to beg you oh lord please please forgive me i can't make it without you jesus yes i finally see so let me surrender my life to you 
And Jesus, Jesus, please forgive me. I've learned the truth about Satan's so-called good life. Oh, it was just a candle. It was just a candle. Too short to burn through the night. Now I'm here in the darkness, and I come to you and plead. Oh, light my life, oh, light my life. And Jesus, please forgive me, oh, please forgive me. I can't make it without you, Jesus. Yes, I finally see, so let me confess my sins and you. Give me eternal life And Jesus, please, please Please, please forgive me Well, friend, are you lost? Do you not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says uh, in John chapter 3, verse 3, that we must be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you're not sure, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never asked Him into your heart, then I'm going to give you a chance to pray a prayer of salvation right now, and God's going to save you. That's right. You don't have to go to church to get saved. I got saved in the cab of a semi-truck out on the road driving 65 mile an hour down the highway and Jesus Christ come into my life and save me and he can do the same for you right now if you'll believe in your heart and trust in him the Bible says in uh, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. That word justified. We can be justified with Jesus Christ. And justified is just if I'd never sinned. And that's what Jesus Christ is going to do to you. If you believe it with all your heart and confess with your mouth. He's going to save you. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and and Gentile, the same Lord is Lord over all and richly blesses all who call on him. All means all and that's all it means. There's no difference between Jews and Gentiles. Black, white, red, God doesn't care what color you are or where you come from. All means all and that's all it means. And Jesus Christ wants to come into your life right now and save you. If you'll pray a simple prayer of salvation and ask him into your heart, he's going to save you. Pray with me right now if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Pray this simple little prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. I want to give my life totally to you. I surrender all. I want to live for you from this day forward. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Lord I ask you to come into my life and change me from the inside out. And God, I will live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you prayed that prayer with all your heart, then you are saved. And now what you need to do is you need to call someone and tell them that you just asked 
Jesus Christ into your life and you are saved. All right, friends, if you prayed and asked Jesus Christ into your heart, then we want you to give us a call. Our phone number is 618-383-2107. And we're going to end today's program like we end most of our programs. That's with my testimony in song that I wrote with the help of my songwriting partner, Tom Caldwell. And now we've got a new songwriting partner, Dennis McKay. And he has helped us with this song and brought it up to a new level. Here's Dennis McKay with At the Foot of the Tree off of our brand new CD, Lonesome Road, Volume 1. And yes, you'll be able to get a copy of this CD by calling us, 618-383-2107. Here's Dennis McKay with At the Foot of the Tree. Without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track the preacher had read, his words still echoing in the back of my head. I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past. Then I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken-hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Those 18 wheels are rolling that old lonesome road and I shared the good news wherever I go yes there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be and I tell everybody what's happened to me how I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past but I called his name This chance Could it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken-hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus Foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery At the foot of the tree